I've always had that personality where I question things. I like to know how things work. I don't just yes. accept things. If someone tells me something, you know, fine, but I want to know how it works. Hello and welcome to the Confidential Podcast, where we discuss and demystify life and everything that impacts it. I'm Simone Gisondi, author, health strategist, life transformation consultant, and overall life enthusiast. I dive deep into the fascinating world of life with each show. Each episode features in-depth conversations with experts, thought leaders, as well as personal stories and experiences that will bring the world around us to life. Whether you're a curious newcomer or a passionate enthusiast, come with me on a journey of discovery and enlightenment. Tune in every week and join me as I demystify all things that touch life. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Confidential. This is the health edition, very near and dear to my heart, as everybody knows, and I've spoken at large about this. My stroke in 2011 put me on a path that I cannot get back from, and I've just kept going forward, learning more and more. And today I have a special guest, a fellow health and wellness expert, Ryan Douglas, all the way from UK. Hello, Ryan. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. And I wanted to introduce you guys to this great, he's a fellow podcaster, so a great health and wellness expert. But I think, Ryan, I would not be able to do justice to your expertise. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself and then we get started on the conversation. Please tell us, how did you get on this path? How did you get started in health and wellness? Did you study? What did you study? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I've been in, in this space for a while, a couple of years now. Uh, as you say, I have a, a podcast as well that I do, and we do one-to-one health coaching. So it's the last couple of years I've been in it. How it started for me was, you know, I, I guess similar to you in that it was a sort of personal health. I didn't have an extreme health experience like you had, but, you know, I just started looking into health and trying to improve my own health. And the more I looked into it, the more I found, and I began to dig deeper and deeper and improve my own health. And I just began to find uh, so much out about health and nutrition that's not what we're told and I began to find out the amazing things that you can do just by eating the right way and getting your health and your lifestyle lined up and I began to see how much I could help other people and after helping myself I thought well you know I really need to help other people and so I've spent the last couple of years really researching and digging deep into it and mm-hmm. finding out how I can do that and now I work with people one-to-one coaching them to overcome you know, chronic diseases just through diet and lifestyle. And alongside that, we have the podcast where we just, I guess, similar to what you're doing is we just generally try to educate people and how they can look after their own health. So I didn't have any kind of medical qualifications uh, to begin with um, or anything like that. But I've just, you know, I've lo- I've spent years researching it and really getting deep into it. Uh, and I have a very, I would like to say, you know, an expert level knowledge in it and the things that we do, we see great results. Absolutely. I think that when you're able to test things on yourself, much like I did, you're able to see just the vast capabilities that the body has for self-renewal, for healing, and just how much it can give back to you if you really do provide it with the nourishment and the raw materials that it can actually regenerate, grow new cells, be able to give back to you. So um, if you don't mind sharing, Ryan, what, um, like I said, I had a stroke back in 2011. And by the way, guys, Health Wealth is his podcast. Please go check it out on all platforms. 
Uh, he's got a whole bunch of stories, a whole bunch of educational material you could learn from. So go check him out. Give him a follow. But Ryan, tell us, what did you, so what was the event? What what medical event that you spoke of that was personal uh, took place for you that put you on this path? So for me, there was kind of a, a number of different things that happened. Um, I'd always, I don't know, I've always had that personality where I question things. I, I like mm. to know how things work, um, which I, I guess you're similar that I don't just yes. accept things. If someone tells me something, you know, fine, but I want to know how it works. So I, I always kind of question stuff, but still, like most people, I went along with the narrative of, you know, this is how you eat healthy and the health system's there to help you and that. And then a, a couple of things started to happen in a couple of years. There was um, the first thing was uh, my first son. He had, as a baby, he had stomach issues, um, nothing too serious, but just, you know, struggling to go toilet and things like that. And we spent a long time um, trying to get him sorted through the doctors and through the normal health system. And he was being put on um, all this stuff to try and make him go. I can't remember the name of it now off the top of my head. But after a little while, I just began to think, I don't want him on all these. He's a little baby. He shouldn't be having all these drugs. And we went to um, a, a type of naturopath who works with uh mothers and babies and he fixed him in like one sitting it was just during the traumatic birth he damaged a muscle in his neck and because of that his blood flow was going to his neck instead of his digestive system because it had never been sorted he he massaged it he showed us some exercises and he was fixed and and it was crazy and so that was one of the first steps of really me starting to open my mind and being like okay maybe there's a better way to do things um and then sort of that was just narrowly before then, you know, there was a certain flu-like virus that, you know, shut the whole world down for a little while. And, mm-hmm. you know, that again, that opened my mind further. And I began to really look into, I just felt that a lot of stuff we were being told and wasn't really that true. And then for myself was just, a lot of people would just put it down to age. You know, I got married, I had kids, I was into my thirties and I just began to gain, I'd always been in good shape. I began to gain, I was never obese, but beginning to gain weight feeling sore I had a physical job and people would put that down to age and just getting older but I began to question things and as I began to look into nutrition and into health and I began to realize that actually you don't have to accept that that that's not just aging you know we can change that it's down to what we're eating and so as you say I began testing on myself and the more I discovered the more I began to change in my own life and then the better I felt and I just kept going and I kept going you know I was I was really stressed out with work. I was, you know, overweight. I, I probably was pre-diabetic, to be honest, without being oh, massive wow. overweight. I used, I used to eat a huge amount of, of fruit. Um, my diet was probably, you know, I, and my diet was probably not that, it was probably what people would think was healthy, but I was eating a ton of fruit because I loved fruit. I mean, fruit's delicious. I loved it. Um, some vegetables, a decent amount of carbs and not re- probably a bit of meat, not loads of it. Um, and I thought I was healthy. And, and I wasn't. So I probably was heading towards things like pre-diabetes. Um, and yeah, and I just, I managed to change all of that through just the way I ate um, and get rid of it all, you know, lost weight, uh, joint pain gone, sleep better, dealing with stress and everything else much better. You know, I used to get, I was, I've always had my own business and I was stressed, you know, with that, it's, as you know, with, with business and with work, it's always stressful. And I was literally down the left side of my face when I was stressed, I could just feel it. It was tight and it was sore. And I just have this feeling down the left side of my face, um, which I always used to get when I was stressed, you know, things like that. When I used to always be sore, 
um, and tired after work or playing football and things like that. And as I changed what I ate, just all of these things just melted away. And I began to realize that it's not aging. It's a gradual poisoning of, of ourselves from our, from, from our diet. So that was kind of the, the gradual journey that I went on, the, the steps that brought me to really de- delving deep into nutrition and health. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I speak to my clients when I do my coaching with them. A lot of people have come to almost expect. So from a, let's say, let's call it a woo-woo perspective, people sort of manifest their own kind of ailments because it's become so normalized. Um, And I recall when I, and I mentioned on your show, I went and I studied under Dr. Morris, who's a master herbalist and a naturopathic doctor in the United States. And I remember he was telling us how um, even menopause and even, you know, the menstrual cycle should not be the way it actually is. It's just been normalized as such. So when a large number of people experience the same thing, we accept that as that's what actually is supposed to happen. Because if millions of other women are going through the same thing and I'm going through the same thing, then that means it's normal and it's expected. However, the reason why the million other women that are experiencing what you're experiencing is because we all eat the same crappy food. (laughs) We have the same crappy lifestyle. We are exposed to the same toxins in the environment. So the body will manifest the exact same thing. So it made so much sense. It really clicked uh, in my head when I recognized that. And then when I came back to Canada to study, and I'm sure it's probably the same for you. If you look at, um, we were studying levels of certain things in the blood when you do blood work. And they what they do is they take a measure of the average. So I want to really emphasize that average. So they take, they measure the average numbers coming from the blood work of average people. And then they put that out into the world as these are the numbers you can expect. So these people are not extraordinarily healthy individuals. They are not, and and, and I mentioned on your show when I was um, at my doctor's office, she used to say that I, I'm the exemplary patient because my numbers were yeah. very different than everybody, much better. Um, but the norm and people are expected to have these things within these certain parameters that are supposedly the normal ranges. So I really want to emphasize, do not accept that those numbers are okay or normal, or you can expect that that's where, where your numbers should be. Um, and I remember once I had my stroke, I, I actually got into a bit of an argument with my doctor because my, um, and I wanted to get your your input on this. My white blood cell count was actually very low. So my doctor claimed that there was probably something that was going on inside me, which is why my blood, white blood count was so low. Whereas in my opinion, and of course, again, going back to the idea of manifestation, what you put your mind to, your body will just say, okay, boss, no problem. Sure. Let's work on that. I said, well, how about if there's nothing going on, therefore there's no reason for my body to produce these white blood cells and it diverts its attention to producing things that I actually need. And then in the event that an invader comes, then it could say, oh, we need some white blood cells. Let's go to work on producing those so that we could take care of this. So the body in its infinite wisdom and knowledge and, and the way that it's programmed towards healing and inclined towards healing, I believe it knows what to produce when and in and what quantities and and to what extent for when it's needed 
um, depending on whatever the invader is and how easy it is to kill it and exterminate it and then eliminate it out of the body. What are your thoughts on that? Because that left me so um, perplexed how my doctor, I mean, this woman was like highly educated, has gone through a whole bunch of years of studies and something that was so normal to me. I mean, it made so much sense on so many levels, intuitively included as a woman, mm. just seemed to be so contra what she had been taught in a school out of a book based on whatever knowledge she had from whenever and based on whatever information they had provided her with. Yeah. So I would agree with you. The first thing I would say is that I would go even further on, you know, when you're talking the blood ranges, is that I wouldn't even say they're average people. They're below average people it's based on because so they true. base it on people who visit the hospital, which so are sick true. people. Yeah. So it's even worse. But yeah, I agree with you on the terms of the white blood cells. When white blood cells are high, that means you've got infection and inflammation and, it, and it's a negative thing. So as you say, white blood cells being low, I mean, if they're so low, they're almost non-existent. Maybe you've got an issue. But if they're just on the low side, that's a good thing. That means mm -hmm. they haven't got anything to do. Like you say, the body produces what it needs. Similar with um, with glucose. We produce our own glucose in the body and the body will just produce as much as it needs. It's not going to produce a ton of glucose if we don't need it. And your body's not going to produce a load of white blood cells if we don't need it. So I agree with you. Unfortunately, these the, the doctors and stuff that might be well-intentioned, but, but they just know what they're taught. And they're taught, as we say, based on these levels. And they're taught that it needs to be this. And if it's not that, something's wrong but they don't fully understand it and they don't even understand how to properly look into whether anything's wrong. You know, she could have maybe looked into some other inflammation markers and could have looked at wh whether your body was producing everything um, as it should or not and could have looked a bit deeper into it. But all they know is the figures, okay, this this is wrong, so I must do this. And th that's basically how they work. Right, and I, and I don't believe that the science has um, expanded enough or has evolved enough that we've kind of stepped outside of the mindset that what because they, they they use a foundation of what's been taught before and they sort of expand on that but the idea of unlearning the whole system that you know the medical industry is built on to begin with and sort of starting from scratch to say well what if it's actually like this um it, and of course the mindset aspect i mean it's very physicality um centric if you really look at the medical industry so basically much like i talked about when i had my stroke it was just they looked at my brain they did not look at anything else despite the fact that a lot of my hormonal system was deeply affected when i had my stroke and much like you you were talking about your your son his digestive system was affected by something that was actually in his neck which speaks to the importance of treating anything that you're afflicted with holistically like look at the whole organism look at the mindset as well um, and, and I commend you, especially as a parent, and I really want to educate the audience to talk about how, how important is it to look, even as a parent, especially when the young ones are so like, they, they cannot communicate with us the way that we as adults can communicate with our doctors, but how did you, what led you to, to take that path to say, Hey, what if we tried this to go to this doctor to see if there's anything deeper than just the typical thing was it sort of intuition between you and your wife yeah it was kind of just as a as a parent at first we just went down the route that everyone else does and we went to the doctors you know and they prescribed us this stuff and it maybe helped a tiny bit and then it stopped helping and we were just adding this to it to his milk and you know he's like three four months old and I just began to think I'm like I'm I'm his parent you know I'm responsible for his health right. and and for his development and I just thought I I just really don't feel comfortable 
pumping him full of these drugs that aren't even helping him really wasn't really seeing any benefit and I just said to my wife I just said you know I've had enough I said let let's see if we can find another way like let's see if there's a better way because this doesn't seem like it and so yeah we I mean we just basically googled and we we found this guy who was uh, local to us anyway um, and yeah and we just thought you know what you know it was obviously it was I'm in the UK so healthcare is um you know free it's not free because we get taxed for it but free but um we went you know he was private so we had to pay for it but what what price is your child's health nothing so exactly. you know we paid we went and saw him and like i say it was one session he was we went back like a couple of weeks later just for him to double check it but basically one session he was done and 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 since then you know that's been there, there's been he, he sorted that but there's been a couple other things my my second child he for a while had some I think um, GERD, you know, the acid reflux. And I just changed up his diet to help that, you know, before that they've got ear infections and I've used, you know, you can use, I'm sure you know about with, you know, olive oil and some garlic in there, dripped in, fixed it, no need for antibiotics. And so, you know, if we can avoid having them interact with doctors at all, then we, we will do. And I, I think that it, you making people aware of that is is really important because what happens to kids can really affect them long-term in terms of medications um there, there, there's a guy who i know who I, i've helped a bit and um, because of my knowledge and, and stuff and he's had crohn's most of his life quite bad mm -hmm. and from what we've looked into with his history and other stuff that he's looked at it looks like the cause was that when he was in his mum's womb when she was pregnant she didn't realize she was pregnant and she got an infection she was given antibiotics for something and and that appears to be what gave him his original digestive issues and set off his Crohn's that he's then been dealing with for the, the rest of his life. I mean, he, he's got it well under control now, but you know, the, these things in early in their life, we need to be careful what they're coming into contact with. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that especially those that are planning to become parents, those that are, um, you know, actively pregnant, expecting uh, a child, it's important to recognize how, detrimental some foods are to the development of the baby because I remember when I was pregnant and you know for all of you ladies out there if you are pregnant so I had um, trouble with my breathing and this is a direct result um, I mean of course God bless her my mother she did this not knowing but she actually smoked while she was pregnant with me so the development of my lungs obviously did, was not optimal and I've had breathing issues my whole life. However, and of course, if you pay attention so that you can actually get to know your body and how it and how it reacts, um, it tells you, it gives you all the feedback that you need. So when I go to, down to Florida in the United States or any body of water that's um, salty, when I breathe in the salt, salt is usually a cleansing agent. When I breathe in the humidity of the, the salt water, the particles of salt water that are in the air, I never, ever have any breathing issues when I'm in, in Florida. So whereas when I'm here in Canada, where it's, you know, we have like different bouts of extremely dry and then it gets to be cold and, and it's more damp versus um, what I just mentioned when it's just humid. So humidity versus dampness. Um, so you're able to see the difference. But I remember when I when I got pregnant with my first child, I went to the doctor, I was under his care, and he used to do my VO2 max tech tests each, I believe I was going monthly to see I was a runner. This was sort of, you know, around the time even when I was when I had my stroke. And I remember I was pregnant with my first child. And he said, Oh, um, well, 
I'm going to put you on prednisone. So prednisone is an anti-inflammatory and a cortisol. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, is this guy out of his damn mind? There's no way I'm going to put anything in my body when there's another life growing inside of me, especially because I was very careful. I was not eating things that I was typically eating just because I wanted to make sure that the baby would develop normally. I was not drinking alcohol. So I had taken so many measures from a diet perspective, not to endanger the baby's development. And then all of a sudden, this guy thought that I was just going to, you know, put the whole thing in his hands and, you know, sign up to take this prednisone. And uh, ladies, if you are pregnant, do not just blindly follow what some doctors says you should take. And he assured me because I asked him, I'm like, well, I'm pregnant. And, you know, and he said, oh, this is perfectly safe for pregnancy, a hundred percent. And I'm like, well, how long have you studied this that you could say that with such conviction? I mean, what if I'm that one for me, the way that I look at it, if I'm that 0.000001% that this can happen to, that's too high of a risk for me. So I would never do that. And so I wanted to, to commend you, especially because you guys obviously took such care in, you know, what you give to the baby. And you spoke about like how important it is to just put a little bit of olive oil, which is very nutrient dense, everybody with a little bit of garlic, which is a known antiviral, antibiotic, anti-inflammatory agent. So it has a lot of, it's a food, but it has a lot of medicinal properties, put it in the ear. Another thing I noticed for the audience to know when I was, I remember when my son uh, when I was breastfeeding my son, I used to have him at a full horizontal. And because they're, you know, the ENT, so the ear, nose, throat, the, that system is not fully developed yet. What was happening is a lot of it was actually draining into the ear canal and, and he would get infections. And if I tell you, because I got so frustrated, um, I would take him to the doctor, they would put him on antibiotics he would heal and then he would go right back to having this. So I was like, what the hell is going on? Why aren't these antibiotics working that he gets another infection? Of course, not once did any doctor say, well, let's look at what's causing it instead of treating what is, which of course, yeah. as a health practitioner, you probably know, like the root cause is the most important thing. And um, it was as simple as just sort of putting the angle that I was holding him in instead of at a full horizontal, just kind of tilt his head up so things can actually drain, you know, down into his, into his stomach. It was that simple. No need for any antibiotics. And of course, I felt extremely guilty because he was on antibiotics for an extended period of time. And, you know, I'm sure it probably affected his digestive system. And just like you said, what happens to them during the developmental stages, including when during the pregnancy, as well as when they're infants, will affect their health well into adulthood. Yeah, absolutely. You pretty much summed up the health system there that they they treat um, the symptoms, they don't treat the causes. That's the whole issue with the health system is that, you know, they they just give you something to mask the symptoms. They don't look at why. And as you say, it's something simple, similar with, with my son as well. You know, they never looked at why he had digestive issues. They just said, try this drug and see if it cures it. We took it to Jeez. the naturopathic doctor and he looked and said, okay, this is causing it, bam, all good. And, you know, that that's the issues that I have with the health system is that they're not curing anything because they're not, they're not treating any causes. I think we could safely now say, because I've heard it so many times, um, it's very in the interest of the health system for you to come back. Otherwise, if, if its very existence is unnecessary, then what would be the purpose of people even going to study medicine and making this kind of money? And I just wanted to also mention in Canada, we also have free health care. Yeah. 
yeah exactly it's, for it, taxes. it's a business model isn't it essentially they're you know you're a customer and they don't want to lose a customer and uh every patient cured is a customer loss so they don't want to cure you they just want to give you some stuff that you have to keep coming back for that helps you deal with it and that, that's their business model essentially mm-hmm. yeah so so that's exactly it and um i have to say when i was going through it and of course especially during the period of my stroke I actually got angry at the idea that uh, for them it's business and for me it's life and death. I was mm. so angry, of course, and I'm not recommending any because anger is an energy that is destructive, definitely not constructive, so it's not conducive to health. But it it really did anger me and to think on what scale they actually do this. I mean, let's talk about nutrition. Doctors, because I did ask my family doctor, like, how much how much time did you spend studying nutrition when you were in med school? I literally asked my doctor because much like you, I'm exactly the same. It's like, why? Why why are you giving me this? How healthy is it? What are the side effects? How do you how do you address the side effects? What if I get that? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna give me? And why do you wanna give me that? And so constantly like challenge them. If they went to school um and they've studied this, they should be able to give you the answers as to why and the how. Um, and it is frustrating because you see that a lot of people, my father included, and as I mentioned on your show, my dad had cancer twice. Um, and my dad decided to trust in the doctors that he believed were put there to, you know, lead us on the path of healing. And he did chemo and radiation and surgery, despite my efforts to dissuade him from doing so. Um, so nutrition doctors study maybe a total of about eight hours, hours, not months, not years out of their entire medical career, like especially in that includes medical school during their rotations and so on and so forth. Um, the Despite the fact that the father of medicine, Hippocrates, has said that food is your medicine and medicine is food. Um, so you got started on this and I've been following you. I've seen on your social media, you do post um, the importance of eating uh, meat and protein to ensure that the digestive system not only has all the necessary raw materials for health and wellness, but the entire organism is equipped, you know, to produce all the respective hormones and brain chemistry necessary to health, wellness, and having a a great life. I mean, just the quality of life alone. Um, How did you study nutrition? Um, Yes. So I've spent a couple of years just digging deep um mm-hmm. i've lost count of how many podcasts i've i've listened to and mm-hmm. you know i follow lots of doctors and and scientists and and also people maybe like me who are not medically qualified in the first place but have really got into it um and and looking into you know some some research papers and things like that and just really also looking at what actually works so I love as well as I love to watch the science podcast and really get deep into, you know, the science of how things work. But I also love to listen to the stories of people who've physically been through it themselves because, you know, you, you can listen to the science and you can read a research paper, but does it work in real life? And that's what I'm interested in because I work with people. And so that that's what I really love. So it's been like a mix of all those things together and seeing what actually, what actually works um, to get the results that you need. And, and looking into things like, um, you know, paleontology and looking into the past of what humans have eaten before and how that's affected us and how our diets changed and, you know, into research that's changed the guidelines over the last 50, 60 years, mm-hmm. um, which, which has changed a lot. And 
you know, a lot of research has been very fraudulent and some of that is public knowledge now, but yet guidelines still haven't changed. And like you said before, after 60 years of telling us to eat a certain way, they're not going to turn around and say, sorry, guys, we were wrong. They're, they're kind of too far gone to change. They're, they're going to stick to it. Plus, it fits their business models. So, yeah, it's um, it's kind of a mix of all of that that I've been doing and, and really deep into. It. And I do it now still like every day. I'll be listening to multiple podcasts every day. I don't, I don't listen to music or the radio or anything. I just I just listen to podcasts and just fill in my head with as much information as I can. And I also try to get in podcasts that give a different view to mine as well. So I listen to ones along the same lines and then I try to listen to ones that give an opposite view because you should always keep an open mind to everything. You, you, you shouldn't be shut off completely and be like, okay, I know everything. So, you know, I try and also listen to stuff that's different in my view. And then also I listen to stuff that's kind of just teaching me more about what I know. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the, the beauty of uh, today's technology is that a lot of experts have actually come onto these platforms to share their knowledge and their expertise. Mm-hmm. And there are many, even in the medical industry, that actually have um, the courage to go forward and try different things. And for everybody listening, if you've seen as of late, uh, the idea of fasting has become very popular. I mean, there are many cultures that have done this for thousands of years. God forbid that the medical industry has ever said anything of that nature to say, you know what, why don't you give your digestive system a break? from processing so much food, uh, give your liver uh, a chance to regenerate and to detoxify and see how you feel. And um, and I'm not just talking about how does your liver feel or how does your digestive system feel, but of course it has benefits for brain, it has benefits for wellness, it has benefits for lifestyle and the way that you sleep, the level of energy that you have. I mean, the human growth hormone just goes through the roof when when you fast. So if you really wanna grow or if you wanna regenerate so that your cells actually have an opportunity to develop like new cells, like for your system to develop new cells, do some fasting very simple very and very cost effective on top of that <laughs> yeah that's the issue with it that why it's not promoted is as you say it's that's cost right. effective like humans throughout all of time have fasted every religion involves mm-hmm. fasting in it like we mm-hmm. we've known forever i mean even you look at the ketogenic diet that came about because they found that the only way to stop um, children having epileptic fits who had epilepsy was to stop them eating and obviously you can't have them not eat forever so then they developed the fasting mimicking diet they called it which was a ketogenic diet so we we know how powerful fasting is but like you say now they don't talk about it because they want to give you drugs and medication but fasting is great for anything i'd like to take a quick break now to let you know that today's show is sponsored by my book against medical advice this book is a memoir and it tells the story of how I built my life back after suffering a stroke during my divorce. I discuss the nutritional, lifestyle, and mindset aspects that I put into practice to regain my health and rebuild my life. The book has been a labor of love, both writing it and publishing it, and I couldn't be more proud of it. Please pick up your copy from Amazon. For your very own signed copy, my email address is simone at simonegisandi.com. Oh, and I'd really appreciate it if you'd please consider leaving a review once you've read the book. And now, back to the show. So I studied fasting as part of my curricula when I was studying after my stroke. And I'll tell you, there was this one, and I can't remember if it was a YouTube video or um, a podcast that I heard. So there was a doctor in the United States that had a uh, patient who was a judge. 
uh, and she had cancer, the judge. And he recommended, and she was all bought into the idea of doing the chemo and the radiation and the surgical stuff that they usually recommend when you have a cancer diagnosis. And he recommended to her that, okay, no problem, go ahead. And that's exactly what I did with my dad. I said, go ahead, dad, if you really want to do this, of course, you have it in your mind. And and I want to emphasize, and we'll come back to this point, what you believe will work for you if you believe it. And I mentioned that on your show. So what he had had her do is said, okay, no problems. Go ahead and do your chemo and your radiation and whatever other modalities your doctor is putting you on. Uh, however, let's put you on a fasting protocol. And what actually ended up happening in the way that he explained it, it's not the way that I would articulate it, was that the chemotherapy actually worked on taking care of her cancer because she had given her body a break from the digesting and from the processing of the food and diverted all of its attention on maybe mitigating what was happening as a result of the chemotherapy. And of course, if you're going to, much like what you said, Ryan, if you're going to be introducing foods that are healthy and that do not uh feed the cancer. And I really want to go deeper on this because I think this yeah. probably be super important for people to know. Uh, sugar is cancer's favorite food. And the reason why most models of nutrition that the governments and the medical industry, if I could call it that, put out are very carbohydrate rich, which is exactly what leads to things like diabetes, fatty livers, cancers, heart disease. So it's never been the fault of the steak or the, the avocado, you know, the, the whole low fat craze that happened in the eighties and nineties. Um, it's always been the sugar. It's always, it always has been, it always will be the sugar. And we saw this shift as soon as they took away the fat, which is so important for brain health, which is so important for uh, cholesterol to be able to produce sex hormones and other hormones, of course. As soon as they took that away, we saw like how the size of people, I mean, we are, we have an epidemic of obesity and diabetes and so on and so forth. So tell me, let's talk a little bit about the ketogenic diet. I mean, I, I want to tell people, so when I post stroke, I actually did the keto diet to be able to get myself to stage. And it was, I mean, I had, I turned myself around in a month, literally in a month, I was able to get stage ready Four weeks. I was very wow. um, zoned in on it. So it was very high fat, moderate uh, protein and very um, heavy on vegetables, green vegetables. So I want to emphasize not the ones that have sugar in it, like the beets and, you know, root vegetables. It was, I did a lot of broccoli, a lot of Brussels sprouts, like just green, green stuff with the, with a little bit of the meat and a lot of fat. So that's basically the, the premise of the ketogenic diet. Um, and let me tell you, I felt amazing. No bloating. That is probably the number one thing that I want to emphasize. If you bloat easily, just give the ketogenic diet a try just to see how you actually react to it. And and then you could come back and say, okay, that doesn't work. But you cannot say just because somebody offered an opinion on it. And even what Ryan and I are saying right now, if you don't believe us, uh, despite the fact that we obviously tested this on ourselves, go ahead and give it a try so you could formulate your own opinion on what, what works for you. But there is science behind it. So Ryan, how did you stumble on the keto diet? Yeah, so to be honest, what the ketogenic diet is, you know, brilliant. It's very useful for a lot of things and has been mm -hmm. proven to be good. It's actually, I think, the only diet 
that is medically prescribed and it's only for children uh, with epilepsy. Yes. Um, for some reason, they don't prescribe it to adults. But um, that's to be honest, I actually my diet myself is actually a carnivore diet. I, I that's how I eat. Um, but I know, but the keto diet is very useful. So I, it's kind of in the same space because technically a carnivore diet is a ketogenic diet. It's just with zero carb instead of low carb um, mm. is the main difference, but you're still in ketosis. So yeah, I kind of, as I got into that space and I began to find more that, you know, our body actually wants to run on fats um, and that's the best system. And, and and I began to get into that. And like you say, it's it's amazingly therapeutic. And as you say, the, we need to learn to listen to our bodies because the bloating, everyone thinks bloating is normal after eating. Um, and it's not that it's a sign that something's wrong. Um, if you've got lots of gas and you've got bloating after eating, there's then something's wrong with um, your digestive system and what you're eating. And you need to to look at that. And yeah, that, that that's a, one of the real benefits I found. I never, ever get bloated um, or gas when I'm eating. Just absolutely fine. But yeah, one of the issues I have with keto is that unfortunately, as all things do, these things that are very useful and helpful, they get hijacked by uh, people and organizations wanting to make profit and now you have all these keto products like yes. these keto bars and this other stuff that they say keto so people think great i can have it but really it's not they're processed and you want to be sticking to if you're going to do a ketogenic diet you want to do it with whole foods don't don't be getting these products and that's that's one of the issues i have with keto a lot of people might say oh i did keto and it was okay but i didn't quite do this but then it's you say yeah but what what version of keto did you do were you doing it properly or were you having the the products and the bars and whatever? So done properly, keto is a brilliant tool. Um, it's especially for mental health conditions. You know, ketones are brilliant for the brain. That's what it wants to run on. You know, our, our brain is mostly fat. And I think 60, 70% of our brain is fat anyway. So that, that energy is perfect for it. It needs a small amount of glucose, but we can make that ourselves. If you're not ingesting carbs or if you're ingesting a small amount of carbs, you've got it. Um, it's great. And as you said, it, tying back into cancer sugar is the enemy like you said it's you know if you remove cancer uh, cancer if you remove sugar cancer cells can't grow they need that glucose and you know a ketogenic diet is going to be at the most low carb so it's not going to be giving it that and also if you've got the intermittent fasting you're not spiking insulin and glucose all the time you're keeping it low and these things are so powerful they're so simple as well you know a ketogenic diet is not complex and yet all of these things, cancer and diabetes and obesity and arthritis and autoimmune conditions and Alzheimer's and all of this stuff can make such a difference literally by just, you know, changing slightly the way you eat, eating those whole foods, keeping it simple, and you can make a huge difference to your health. Mm -hmm. And the keto diet, much like you said, yeah, so I recall that that was... Uh, when I was in school, they were teaching us how uh, epilepsy was actually being treated from a nutritional perspective with the keto diet. And of course, once you dig deeper, you can understand the science behind it. It's so, so efficient. Um, and there are cases you could, especially if you know somebody who's uh, afflicted with um, epilepsy, there are cases that will show you just how much the epileptic seizures decrease and how that what the triggers are and how the ketogenic diet helps and it's going to really shed light on how terrible sugar really is i mean mm. it's a step away from cocaine and cocaine is not <laughs> yeah. legal for reasons. Um, yeah. So if, yeah it's a drug i i think that i think they've shown in, in research that it actually could be more addictive than cocaine and heroin it sets off more dopamine receptors in the brain it's crazy 
Wow, that's crazy. I didn't even know about that. But yes, I mean, I know that sugar is so um, uh, insidious, especially because, and again, I really want to get back to the idea of, because this this is now my, especially since what you said, you know, the flu that, that shut down the whole world back in 2020. Um, if the medical industry tells you something, like the, this is my my method right now. If the medical industry or dare I say the government, I don't want to get banned, uh, says that something is a way, I know for a fact it's the opposite. And of course, I, I learned this on my own skin because when I was in um, in the hospital for my stroke, their protocol, which is, you know, which was what they applied to everybody, um, got me in a lot worse of a condition than I was prior. So of course, that was sort of my test. But then again, like when, you know, the whole, what happened back in 2020, and the way that it unfolded and the chaos that it led to, I think that was a, a very important lesson that people should walk away from. But uh, back to the ketogenic diet. Um, so just as a quick overview, um, what, what happens is the body has a very limited capacity for storing sugar before it converts it into fat. And once you run out of the sugar in the, in the liver and in the muscles, and it's again, very limited, uh, the body's going to start to uh, to burn tissues that are not what you want to burn. However, if you switch your body to the fasting and to burning, like actually accessing the fat burning system, so to use fat, then of course you're going to lose weight, which is what a lot of people want regardless. Uh, it's a much healthier way rather than burning the sugar. Because when you burn the sugar, there there is a cascade effect that is not, you know, necessarily healthy. Uh, but I think the biggest and most important thing is the fact that cancer really loves sugar. I mean, almost all diseases love sugar. And I yeah. use the word diseases very loosely because it's just labels that people put when the body is out of its state of ease, hence the word dis-ease, um, you see that it... Um, it doesn't feel good. So people suffer as a result. Once you remove the sugar, and of course there is that adjustment period. I think that people need to know that because much like coffee, when you give up coffee, you do go through that period where you have the tiredness and the headaches and all of that. So it's the same with sugar, but if you give your body about three days, so 72 hours of adjusting, you will see true health, like how great you could feel, especially once you, um, once you get your body into ketosis. So it starts to burn from a different source than rather than from sugar. And, um, again, I think I mentioned on your show, my dad was so addicted to sugar. Um, he was eating bread, white bread, North American white bread, which is horrible. Um, and by the way, the saying, goes especially in the holistic health industry the wider the bread the quicker you're dead so <laughs> stay away from that um so he used to eat white bread with literally white sugar like white table sugar on top and he would eat that and then of course like i said he had cancer cancer loves sugar um and if you are even considering the idea of and i and i did speak with my dad about this when he had cancer, he was hell bent on going for the typical therapies that the mainstream medical industry offers. So the chemotherapy, radiation, surgery. And I remember I begged my dad, especially with his first cancer, I said, dad, and 
it was just based on what I had studied. I said, dad, do not do surgery. Don't like it. It would probably trigger a second cancer. And go ahead and fact check this. Uh, once you open a tumor that is nothing but a sac that the body in its infinite wisdom has put around damaged cells to protect the neighboring tissues from that damage, from the acidity of those cells. So basically it puts it in a sac to protect itself. So it's a protective measure. Once you go in and they start cutting away, even for uh, when they say that they need to do a biopsy, same thing. Yeah. Uh, once they cut that and you you open that sac and those damaged cells end up in the bloodstream and the bloodstream carries it to a neighboring area or a neighboring body system, a neighboring organ, uh, it sort of takes up resonance there. You are giving it the environment necessary for it to thrive. So let's say you're still on the same diet of high sugar, you still have the same crappy lifestyle. You can almost bet that a secondary cancer is going to. And I had um, my brother's wife was her sister had cancer and same thing. She had um, first surgery and then after the surgery, she ended up with colon cancer, which was in the neighboring area because her first cancer was cervical. My father had lung cancer. And like I said, I begged him not to do the surgical thing. He did. He did the chemo. And then thereafter, he ended up with um, prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. So it's almost inevitable that you'll get a secondary cancer. So it's important to stay away from the things, especially much like you said, Ryan, the nutritional approach is almost always um, successful at, can I say, healing us, <laughs> or yeah, at I least think, getting the body to heal. Yes, I think I think we're not allowed to say the c word, but healing, no. I think, is fine. They don't like you saying. Oh that. God, no, no! When I went to school, there were so many words. We're not allowed to say treat. We're not allowed <laughs> to say heal. We're not allowed to say um, what's another one. There were like a there was a list of words that we were we are not allowed uh, to use which is yeah. insane. But nevertheless, yeah. it really is the body that heals itself. You're just providing yeah. the support and the guidance for it to do its thing because there are systems and processes in place that will take care of that. Now, let's let's talk a little bit about mindset, Ryan, because clearly you seem to be, um, and, and I'm sure that this is probably how your wife is too, intuitive and you sort of kind of let yourself be guided a lot by how you feel, that feeling that the body gives you so that you know what to uh, pursue and you know while you seek health and as you did that with your son you clearly said it just didn't feel right and a lot of times people wonder well what does it mean it doesn't feel right so can you expand a little bit on that I mean I understand it because I went through the same thing but I really want the the audience to understand how do you tap into that for your own health and longevity yeah so I think it starts really with just be willing to question things because we, I think we all have that gut feeling, but unfortunately, too many of us are kind of brainwashed and too used to just just stick into what we're told, just do as you're told. I think if right. you can just just start to expand your mind a bit to question stuff, then you're kind of more open to that feeling. Like sometimes you might get the feeling it's wrong, but oh, but you're used to following what's right, so you do it. But if you're willing to question, then when you get that feeling that this doesn't seem right, then you just start to question it, and then you start, you know, you just start to follow it. And oftentimes you're right. I think our gut instinct, I think is a really powerful thing we have as humans. I think it's pretty much right all the time. We just often don't listen to it and we ignore it and suppress it. But I think it's just be, being willing to question stuff and also being willing to be wrong. You know, 
I had to admit that I was wrong at one point. I thought I knew a lot about health and fitness and I had to just start questioning things and I had to accept that, you know what, maybe I'm wrong about a few things and, and question it. And I think the more you open your mind, the more you really get those gut feelings and, and the more you follow them and you begin to have a greater connection, I think, with yourself. I, I think too many people are almost almost trapped it obviously people talk about like the matrix and stuff if everyone's seen the film a lot of people are trapped in in the matrix they're just going about their day they're not paying any attention to anything outside it's like they're in a program and you can open your mind outside of that then with things like your gut feeling and you, you can really start to use it and just to have that instinct that you know this doesn't seem right let me let me question this let me at least have a little look into it and, and research it maybe and just see is this the right thing and i think I think that's the first step is just being willing to question things. Mm, yes, so true, especially, and, and I mentioned this on your show, especially given the fact that a lot of the science nowadays is so based on research done God knows how many years ago, and the science of today does not represent the reality of today. Because if they studied things back in the day when foods were different, mindset was different, the entire sort of collective um, I want to say mindset, but manifestation, what the collective was manifesting and, and why was different. And now they're applying those things to today's world when people are highly stressed, they have social media and they have, you know, the entire what's happened since 2020. And I mentioned this on your show, if you're vaccinated, you know, your body interfaces with whatever you put in it very differently than if you are not vaccinated or uh, if you have, never taken any medications and have always solely relied on foods and other modalities. And all of a sudden you introduce medication because now let's say you trust the science, clearly your body's going to interface very differently. It's important to emphasize everybody's biochemically unique, very biochemically unique. Um, there are certain overarching things that are very like we are all like we're all human and all women are all women and they all menstruate and all men are all men and they have testosterone. And so there are overarching commonalities, but I think when you sort of dig down and get to the nitty gritty, everybody has very biochemically unique things and even events that they have had to go through. So traumas. And I think I mentioned to you when they forced me when I was young to, you know, take blood from me and they tied me down so I'm terrified with my interaction with the medical industry is very, it triggers that kind of memory and that emotional thing. And the medical industry never, ever uh, actually goes to say, to address those things. Like, you know, like, do you have any traumas? Like, well, what's your, where's your fear coming from? To be able to say, let's address that first. And, and once you get rid of that, then maybe you're going to be what we're recommending to you will be more conducive. And Dr. Gabor Mate has spoken at large about this, about why people are addicted even to medications like painkillers. So it's really worth digging deeper. Is this is this the approach that you use when you work with people, Ryan? And like, do you, from a holistic perspective, do you sort of look at everything that affects this individual's health and why it's manifesting in the way it is? Yeah, you have to, because everyone is different. Like you said, it's got to be mm -hmm. personal, you know, even just just looking at the diet side. Still, there's a base of a diet that's going to work for everyone. But then you're still maybe going to have to tweak that personally to people. But like you said, you've got to look at their situation. You've got to look at what's causing their issues, because is there other stuff you need to address first, even before you start getting into all this 
you know, diet stuff. If if they're struggling really bad with with food addiction and sugar addiction, before we can jump in to get them on a strict diet, we we maybe need to address their their food addictions and deal with some of that. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So yeah, like you say, every, you know, everyone's different, and that's why you know people who are in such a bad help, uh, such a bad way, need the expert help because you know, just in general we can give some general education and people who are reasonably healthy, healthy could just go and take it and say, okay, I'll eat this way. But people who are, you know, really in a bad way, they need that expert help to really dig into and find. And as you say, a lot of it can be mental. Sometimes that can be the main thing, you know, in, in their mindset and their men- mental trauma from their past that's causing all these things. And if you can dig into it and you can start to work on that, it makes the more physical parts a lot easier to do. So it's, that's why we work as well one-to-one with people because I think you need to, you can't just say, you know, here's a formula, follow this and everyone will be fine because it, it doesn't work. You've got it. It's got to be personalized. So you develop a formula for each one of your individual clients when you work with them. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, well, like I say, we have a, we have a base of what we're trying to achieve with each person to, to improve their condition, but still, you still got to, as you say, you've got to get to know them and you've got to see, okay, what's got you to here. Because as well, someone could have had a completely different life for their previous 10 years that's got them here to someone else. They might have the same illness, but it might be completely different things that have got them there. And you've got to look at it and, and address it. And as I say, the you know, overall nutrition and lifestyle, optimal will be similar for most people. But mm-hmm. in order to get them to that point of being able to be optimal is quite a different journey. And even getting there, you know, it's still going to be slightly different. What, what works perfectly for me might not work perfectly for you so you know we, we have to work it to each person mm-hmm. so true and um, especially when when you get in front of somebody and you can confirm whether this is the case for you I know when I work with people there are some that are so uh, they adapt very quickly they're like yes they're very incentivized yes I want to give me the meal plan and I'm absolutely I'm going to follow it to a T Whereas there are some people that are not so apt to give up the control yet. They still want to, they're like, well, just give me an overview of what I should eat and then I'll do it. Whereas other people trust that what you provide them with is going to be uh, what's necessary. And and I really want to emphasize to the audience, that's the reason why we become, as you say, experts. Because imagine if, uh, and I think I I gave these kind of examples on your show, Ryan, imagine if you say, well, you know what, I'm just going to go to YouTube and I'm going to figure out how you change oil in a car. And I'm just going to go ahead and do that myself. And I'm going to go and change the oil in my car. Um, The reason why we have people who have studied that, especially on different models, especially on uh, different ear model cars, they are experts because they've really had the ability to practice that on a daily basis basis and they become experts much like us we've been able to test this out on ourselves on other clients and you know we we are the ones that uh keep up with the education with the research everything that's coming out and how it actually affects people and why those things work or do not work and we're able to sort of sift through the information because much like what you said oftentimes you have to check whether the research that comes out who was that funded by and is it yeah. biased? Like, yeah. That goes back to what you said, question everything. Um, so when you, let's say, uh, because I just want the audience to know before we wrap up, I want to, um, I want you to inform the audience where they can find you, especially in the UK, uh, how, if they want to work with you or if they want to sort of even ask your opinion on what to do for, for their children. I think that the 
um, what you described about your son is very impactful for parents of young children so that they know how to, even if you're not going to be looking for a, a solution from Ryan, at least perhaps he could teach you how you can investigate the root cause so that you can get your answers as to what you're exactly dealing with. And then he could direct you to go and work with a professional or an expert in the respective things. So I think that's very important as well. But if let's say I was your your uh, your client, if I was somebody who came to you for help, how do you walk me through working with you? What are the steps? Um, so the first thing we have, um, so we have a free consultation available on our website. If you're interested in working with us, we'll have a free consultation first where we're just going to talk about your issues and get, I'm going to get to know you and where you're coming from so that I can mm -hmm. see um, if we can help you and how we can help you. Um, and, and then we'll, we'll discuss that. And if, if people want to go ahead, then we'll move on to really getting in depth of all of the health issues they've had, you know, what they've suffered with previously, what they're suffering now, what their symptoms are and um, what they're eating each day, what they're drinking each day, including timings, you know, what their sleep is like, um, whether they're um, whether they've tried anything previously in terms of natural methods or anything else, what medication they're on. So we need to get all these things so we can build this really accurate picture. Because the more we know, the better we can help you. Because if you know, if I've got a tiny bit of information, I could give you some advice that might help a bit. But if I know everything, absolutely everything, it makes it a lot easier for me. So then we'll work with them once I know. Okay, this is what they're eating, and this is how they're eating. I can talk to them then about look, this is how we would like you to eat and then how do you you know what do you think you can do so we'll give them foods that we think they should be eating more of and foods they should be eating less of and we'll kind of meet them in the middle what you know what do you think you can do to start with because we don't want to be straight away the first step you can never eat all of this again you must eat only this right so it's it's finding that balance and being like okay we're going to start here we're going to move forwards we're going to Im maybe improve things with your your sleep routine sleep's really important you know so even how you wake up in the morning, how you prepare for bed, the food you're eating, all of these things can help, you know, with their sleep and their stress levels. And we're just going to, we, what we do at the start is just try to paint as big a picture as we can of exactly where you are, exactly where we want to get to. And we can then start to build a plan of steps to get there um, to get through. So that, that's kind of the, the introduction we would give them is just getting as much information as possible, speaking to them. And I always try to, I suppose the word is teach. I, I try to, you know, educate people because what I want is that I work with them for a short period of time to educate them that they can then continue on themselves on their journey. I, yes. I don't want to be working with them for years and years. I want to just work with them for a small amount of time, help them get started, help them reverse this condition and give them the power and the knowledge that they can continue their journey themselves. That's what we're the opposite of the health system. We're not looking for lifetime clients. We're looking to give you the power to do it yourself. So that that's how we approach it. Amen. I love that so much because I know that typically, and, and I'm thinking, I've never asked, but you just kind of triggered this in my head. So I'm gonna, um, I think that there's probably that uh, fear that people would probably be afraid that they would have to commit to another 15 year or, you know, lifetime uh, commitment to you as a practitioner to help them stay healthy when in fact if they approach it from the perspective of hey I'm here to learn and then afterwards I take the reins but in reality from the get-go you are you the the client are in control we are just the sort of guide tours to help you 
demystify why your body is telling you what it's telling you, because we've studied this and we've been able to test it on ourselves. And then once you understand that and we make the connection so that you can connect the dots in your head, then you could go from there very easily. And especially when you see that diets or the foods that you provide the body with empower the body or much like you said, and I think it's very important. And this is what I tell my clients. I don't know if you believe this, but I, I say to people, sleep is more important than diet. If you skimp on sleep during that time is when the brain gets detoxified, number one. And number two, it's when you produce melatonin, which is a uh, such an important, hugely, hugely important um, hormone. And there is a study for those of you that want to go and geek out on it. There's a study that showed that people who work shift uh, are at a higher risk of uh, developing cancer because melatonin is a detoxifier. So if you're not going to be sleeping to produce the melatonin, that's going to detoxify you, then those toxins stay inside, they mutate your cells, they damage your cells, you end up having cancer. So that's, that's how it works. Um, so what's the usual length of time that you work with clients, Ryan? So they come to you, you sort of demystify what's going on. You put them on a path of, okay, this is how, this is how we're going to address this. Um, you empower them to learn so that they could take the reins thereafter so that they're not stuck with you for life. And so what's the typical length of time? And I know everybody's different and unique, but how long do you usually, do you have programs that you work with them that sort of last a specific amount of time that you are confident you'll put them on the path? Yeah. So our, basically we offer four, eight and 12 week plans. So for the okay. majority of people, we would not expect to need more than 12 weeks with someone. Mm -hmm. um, and we offer the shorter ones too, because for some people, you know, depending on their financial situation, you know, maybe, maybe four weeks is all they can do. And, and, and hopefully that's enough for them. So, but yeah, there are obviously, as you say, everyone's different and there could be extreme cases where people might need longer than the, the 12 weeks or, you know, roughly three months. But for most people, that's long enough. As I say, we're not looking to be long-term working for years with people. So that's what we have. And then we also have options for people who can just do a one-off call. They just want to do a really in-depth one-hour call to really get as much as they can from it. We have that. And people, if they do the the four, eight or 12-week plan, if in the future they just want to have a little top-up and a one-off call again, they, they, can, they can do that as well and just do a little one-off to top them up. But really, 12 weeks from what we find is is a good enough period of time to get most people from where they are to a point where their their condition is under control already and they're well equipped to carry on doing it themselves mm -hmm. and you do so of course of course this speaks to the the fact that during this 12-week period or eight-week period or six-week period you're educating them um do you do any kind of education just strictly sort of i just want to learn I'm being proactive. I'm getting older. Uh, you know, somebody in my family has cancer or diabetes or whatnot, or some sort of um, autoimmune condition. And I really don't want to go down that path myself. I want to prevent that from happening to me. I'm about to get pregnant and I want to make sure that I put my child, you know, on a path to really great health as well as myself during the pregnancy. Do you and your wife do any kind of educational sessions that I could just call up and say, hey, I just want to learn this. Um, can I work with you to be able to sort of develop a plan of action now that I'm pregnant and I'm going to be going through, you know, the being a new parent and sleep is very scarce when yes. you have children. <laughs> yeah, tell me about uh, it. <laughs> yes. Um, do you do that? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, 
on the plans, if someone gets a plan, we, there's a, we have weekly calls as you know, as well as we, we're in contact in between, but we'll have weekly in-depth calls where they, we look to educate them and we'll update their plan each week as things change as well. And, but if, if someone wanted that, like you're saying, and it, they just wanted to just get some education, probably just like a, a one-off, like booking in for the, like a one-hour call, they're normally about an hour, a one-off call, and we could really educate and put a plan together. Um, I mean, we're looking at, as we're building it up in the future, probably would maybe do some, start doing some maybe webinars that people come, you know, like live webinars and we can just give out some education. Um, so we'll probably look to do things like that. And obviously the podcast is out every week where we're again looking to get that education out there for people. So yeah, if people were just interested in knowing more, we're probably going to start doing some 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 webinars kind of reasonably regularly people could get into. Um, or as I say, they, they could book just a one-off call if, if they're not looking for a, a longer-term plan. And, you know, whatever it is they need, we can we can really get into depth. And and from that one-off call, you know, we can build you a plan for the next, you know, couple of months that you, that you can work on and just try and really educate you on what you need to do, why you need to do it, how it works, you know, why it works and, you know, any potential things you might come into. You know, like like you said earlier with the ketogenic diet, sw- switching over to a ketogenic diet, you know, you go for a period of fat adaptation and there are side effects you can get during that. And if people don't know about these things, it can put them off and they can give up. So you've yes. got to arm, arm people for these things. So, yeah, that, that would probably be their best option. And lastly, Ryan, do you work with any particular uh, sort of with people that are afflicted with any particular anything or just sort of uh, health and wellness as an overarching topic? Just everything, really. Um, from as I say, I think we discussed this um on my podcast the other week that I have not yet seen a condition that cannot be hugely helped, massively improved, probably completely reversed through diet and lifestyle. So you know, we want to help as many people as we can. So we don't want to limit. So anything people have got, it's worth asking. Like I say, we do a free consultation first, and mm-hmm. I actually I want to help people. And I'm an honest guy. If someone came to me with something that I didn't think I could help them, I would just say, look. I don't think I can help you and try and point them to where maybe they could get the help. I'm I'm not here to just try and pretend I could help people I couldn't and, and take their money, but I've not found anything that, that it couldn't help so far. Yes. I'm so glad this is exactly why I asked you the question, Ryan, because I really, I was hoping you'd say that, that there isn't anything that cannot be reversed, helped or addressed um, with diet. Like diet is probably the number one thing, diet and lifestyle. I mentioned for myself, this is exactly how I approach it. The mindset, the lifestyle, and the diet are the three pillars. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> and if you look at, think of it as a three-legged stool and how that stands only because all three legs are there. And once you cut one off, then the stool kind of uh, falls over. So all three have to be in place. And I'm sure that you do, d- during your consultations, you probably address where that each individual is at with each one of those components yeah yeah exactly so we look at you know very similar to you we, we have it broken down into like four sections which is um diet and um, exercise because you know look to improve the health and then obviously stress is and mindset and health is one and sleep yeah. you know like you say that and so all four of them is what we'll look at for mm-hmm. people um as you say because you have to have them all in order it, you know i was thinking earlier when you were talking about sleep you know my diet is absolutely dialed in all of the time and I eat the same stuff all of the time but when I'm really busy with work and I have a couple nights of poor sleep I will feel rubbish yes it, it's 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 so powerful you have to have it all lined up to feel great just one is not enough 
So yeah, definitely we have to cover all the bases. Yes, and uh, I'm going to close on this. I remember myself the same thing, very dialed in with my diet. I mean, of course, I'm a nutritionist, so that's of the utmost importance to me. But uh, yes, a couple of nights of really poor sleep. And I, I will tell you the next day, next morning, guess what I was craving? Something sugary. Carbs. Carbs. <laughs> the worst yep. thing. The, the, <laughs> the devil of everything that is health. So yeah, I was I was craving. I'm like, I just want bread or some some sort of a pastry or a muffin. So the things that are probably the worst yeah. that you could, especially because once you introduce it in your body, your body's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to ask you for more of that tomorrow and the day after <laughs> and later on today. So yes, uh, in closing, I really want to emphasize to the audience, much like I know I am, you are probably connected to a network of other health and wellness professionals, and you are very humble. You indicated that if you cannot help somebody, you refer out. And we are all connected to people who practice other modalities. And there are many out there in the natural uh, health and wellness world. Uh, there are Reiki masters and people who practice aromatherapy and sound therapy. And there's just such a slew of things and people go and become experts in those fields. So for those of you that um, are listening and want to take the natural route, know that we are connected to, you know, massage therapy, everything, everything and anything and everything in between. We are connected to that industry to a degree that we could refer you out. And I do that with cancer, with cancer uh, clients. When I and by the way, I'm not allowed to say the word patient. That's why I hesitated because <laughs> um, they're not patients, they're clients. Um, and I refer out and much like I'm sure you do. So um, Ryan, where can people find you? How can they get in touch with you to work with you? Um, so we have a website, which is healthwealthuk.com. They can find us on there. There's links to everything. We are on social media. Um, it's at, on most of them, it's at hwpoduk. Um, I also have a personal coaching, which is Ryan Health Wealth. So we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok. You, I've got a YouTube channel as well. Um, but the, the website links to everything. That's probably the easiest uh, if people want to go on there and they can find us and keep up to date with with everything we're doing. And if they want to get a free consultation, they, they can book it there. Yes, and I really hope that you jump on that um, bandwagon of education because I think that's really important for people out there at large. Uh, don't wait much like John F. Kennedy said, don't wait until it's raining outside to fix your roof. Do it when it's a sunny day so that you can actually prevent and going down the path of having to react. Ryan, thank you so much. Very enlightening, very enriching to know. And it's so important, everybody, that you have people like Ryan out there and other health practitioners to help you. And um, I haven't mentioned this uh, thus far, but I wanted to let you know that we oftentimes work with a lot of people that have gone down the medical industry route and have damaged their systems and their body. And we are here to help to um, sort of put you on a path where health and your well-being and your lifestyle can be enhanced and repaired through the power of nutrition and the the power of food as medicine, as well as lifestyle changes. If, even if it's just for educational purposes, you would really stand to um, to gain from that. So Ryan, once again, thank you. So healthwealth.uk.com if you want to work so it's, with, it's, with Ryan. Healthwealthuk.com it is, sorry. 
Yes, healthwealth.uk.com. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and of course, on his socials, reach out. Thank you once again, Ryan. I really appreciate your wisdom, the information, Thank you so much. the education you provided the audience. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for tuning to The Confidential. We hope you enjoyed the episode and found it interesting and informative. Please subscribe to the show to receive notifications when new episodes are released. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at The Confidential Podcast to stay up to date with all things related to the show. We appreciate your support and welcome any feedback you may have. Until next time, stay curious and keep on learning. Thank you for listening.